Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, uh, welcome to Ranger Strength Podcast. Uh, I have a very um, exciting guest today. I'm really excited about DJ Murakami, also known in the social media world as Strong Camps. Thanks for uh, taking the time to sit down with me, DJ. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I'm glad I'm an, an exciting guest. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are to me for sure. Like um, what I was just saying before I, I started recording the episode to you, like this is a long overdue episode. I've been following you uh, closely for I think like f- over five years now. And, you know, just watching your evolution into like how you share your content and just like resonates with everything I'm about. Um, troubleshooting strength and transferring strength and like all the things you've gotten into. It's just like, yeah, I, I definitely try to apply a lot of your teachings in my own practice. And, and, and I think we deliver somewhat the same message uh, in different yeah, ways. I think. I've, I've been connected to you since um, you were doing the uh, gymnastic strength training. Yeah. And, you know, watched you, transition <laughs> back because you were powerlifting before that right yeah and you, you know go back and how it's how it's changed your journey has been pretty cool as well yeah man um yeah it's been cool to kind of connect that way for sure that's why i think social media is so great um getting to meet different coaches like that um but yeah it would be cool and we probably have a lot of the same listeners i think and, and followers but you know um i think it would be cool to hear even for me like i really want to hear a little bit more about your journey to becoming strong camps, like, you know, how you got started with training and your, you know, original inspirations when you started and kind of how that all evolved to where you are now. Like it'd be cool to hear a little bit of your backstory, man. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, as far as the training industry, um, I started like when I was 18, uh, 19 at parks, uh, training athletes for like five bucks a head (laughs) and um yeah I was going to school at the time and this was kind of like one of I had a job too so this was like a side gig I was doing um just because people were were asking me and then yeah the park thing grew and I started going to like different counties and doing that and then I got a request at a um, athletic training center to run a camp because I was doing a lot of like speed and agility yeah, uh, focus stuff, stuff on the field. And then I got a job where I am now out here doing um, the head trainer at a head coach at a uh, athletic training center. So mostly collegiate athletes, high school athletes. And so I was running the strength and conditioning program. And then I um, kind of went into gen pop, um, just working with uh, moms, soccer moms, regular people, people trying to lose weight. And yeah, that you know, that's as far as the business. And then <laughs> my own training, you know, I go through phases. I go through like three, four year phases at a time, it feels like. Yeah, um, different kind of things and try and see how you can... I have seen you do handstands at one point too. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, think you train as Yeah. Um, I, that was the Edo phase. I wanted the movement culture basics. Like <laughs> yeah. The 60 second freestanding handstand. Mm-hmm. I wanted the one arm chin up. I wanted the, um, I don't know what else they do. Back bridge, middle split, whatever. Back, back flip? Did you get the back flip? <laughs> <laughs> I got a front flip on a trampoline. <laughs> Is that kind <laughs> Yeah, whatever arbitrary movements that they came up with, I, I got sucked in that. Yeah, um, it's cool. It's all learning experiences. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did Did you play sports like growing up? Yeah, I played 
a few sports. I was only good at football. That's kind of the one I stuck to. So that was the beginning of my training experience. Okay. Was um, pushing people and running after people. Yeah. So that strength focus was like heavy, heavy at the start, like getting into that kind of physical sport. And you kind of found like you really enjoyed the connection to strength and some of that collision work and stuff. I think just because I, I played that since I was seven and I played on the offensive line. So in American football, you know, you just, they put the big people in the front and you're driving them, you know, forward. And I think that is maybe why I like strength when I got into lifting. Cause I was already built a base at it. <laughs> yeah. that's right. Yeah. It would have been something else if I was playing a different sport. Yeah. Who knows? No, that's cool, man. That's cool to hear your story. And you had, uh, big athletic focus like training athletes at the start too i i did as well um did you feel like you got away from that for any particular reason or was it just kind of like I'm trying something else and training some gen pop or yeah i mean just the work situation i went to like a globo gym type of place okay yeah. so I, I just the population changed but i'm glad i did because i mean those are the people who need our help you know and the, that's, I think the most good you could do is take someone who needs the actual health and wellness, you know, fitness part of it. Yeah. Training athletes is fun. Like I still enjoy that, but it's, it gives you a lot of leeway. Mm -hmm. These people would be good at almost anything they yeah. train at and you could get to do the cool advanced stuff with them. Yeah. Uh, but even now, like most of the people I work with now are trainers, but I still keep like, if it doesn't work on my everyday Joe clients who come in mm -hmm. and they can't understand it, translate it, it doesn't work for them. Then, you know, I use that as kind of the litmus test if a uh, method is really worth using. Right. Yeah. Like anyone should be able to use it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, so how did things evolve from that athletic style training, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And then you started working with gen pop then to like, like the message you have now, like strong camps, human strong, like, like what kind of inspiration started kind of playing a role there for you? How did you start getting involved in, in that sort of stuff? Yeah, um, it's it's changed. Well, it, it's changed, but it's kind of come full circle, I guess. In the beginning, for me, training was kicking someone's ass. You know, yeah. it was delivering an experience. <laughs> yeah, um, something to remember. And then, you know, it changed to just getting very intellectualized. It, it I'd was into like the perform better, like late nineties crowd that came up. FMS. Not, not necessarily FMS. I didn't get into that, <laughs> but you know, yeah. just like Mike Boyle and, you know, training different planes and, and how they set things up and geeked yeah. out on that. And then, you know, it, it became about correct movement, technical movement, and I got super into that. I had the coach's eye and was making marks and adjusting form and doing correctives and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I got out of that. And now it came, it, it's pretty much back to the experience for me. It's a different experience, albeit not necessarily just trying to kill someone. Yeah. But an experience where I want them to connect to their body. I want them to connect to the movement. I want them to have a solid intention behind what they're doing. And I want them to leave the session feeling better than yeah. when they came. So um, it's less about, you know, the exercises or the biomechanics, yeah. this and that. And yeah, I, I, I'm coming back to delivering an experience for the client. Yeah. Having a better understanding of your body is kind of like the message. I can tell from like, I've, I've been getting into your, your course. I want to get into that, talk a little bit about that too, but I, that's the side I appreciate so much in the work you're doing too, is, is getting people to connect with their body. It's like, it's not just about smashing yourself. It's like actually understanding how you stand. 
<laughs> yeah. how, how you how you turn this way and like um i think that's a really cool message i try to deliver that too and in, in coaching individuals is like it's not just about you know smashing yourself or just like doing this workout thinking it's the right workout for you it's like understanding why you're doing it where it's going and, under, and understanding like your body and that's that's a cool message um, it allows you to smash yourself in different ways and yeah. more hopefully yeah. more sustainable yeah for sure yeah that's a cool part of it that yeah when you do start understanding that you can play with the boundaries a little bit more um you can then start getting these you know same kind of feelings you got when you were smashing yourself in such a way that was you know maybe not the the best solution or best approach or or movement capacity for yourself but um yeah that's cool man it's cool to hear that and what it comes down to it's like this is a trend I see a cycle, a cycle I've been in and I see it's like you, the thing that I'm chasing, I feel like is intensity and effort in a workout. Mm-hmm. And I'll reach a point where um, I've either injured myself or I can't break this level to push intensity. So then I go to something else that I can push intensity to. Yeah. So I see this with like, crossfit and then you like break and then you're like all right olympic weightlifting and then you push that and you break and then you're like all right i'm doing maybe like calisthenics or uh, hand balancing or something else and you keep going to these tiers that are a little harder to hurt yourself (laughs) but you can still suffer a lot like the intensities there yeah and then maybe the end of the road is like i don't know running a marathon or something but everyone <laughs> facing something that they could push the boundaries physical limits to yeah um, but the sad thing is that it seems your your options of what you can do that with seem to decrease with age when you're just smashing yourself and you know breaking your body down yeah so, uh, yeah i think the more ways people can suffer and um you know, push the effort better. Yeah, for sure. More options. Yeah, that's cool, man. I had a similar kind of um, pathway that you had. I was working for the military uh, for a while and everything was very boil, uh, perform better approach, like every everything, basically anything that the military approved was like that kind of stuff. So it did get to a point there the last couple of years before I ended up leaving where like I couldn't actually do anything that I was like practicing or, you know, like my mindset and the direction that I was going just like wouldn't match up. Like there was no changing kind of the, the framework there. So yeah, it's, it's cool to be in your own environment now where you can experiment and do that kind of stuff and have the freedom of, you know, uh, experimenting a little bit with your own practice. I think that's where it starts. Well, like, as well it's like in, in your own practice and, and then being able to transfer that to your clients um but yeah like it, it would be cool to get into uh some tension talk um because i know that's like one of your main the main things i've learned from you especially um the last few months i've finally dove into the chi tour course that you've collaborated yeah finally dove into that and i laughed to myself because i was when you guys released it so you collaborated with Chris from Savage Protocols to do that. Yeah, it's a really cool uh, collaboration. Seeing you guys come in from those different, uh, I guess, uh, ways of training, like your your mentors and stuff, and bringing that thought together it was really cool. But I was laughing to myself at the questions like I had asked you when you were <laughs> first doing it because like I was trying to really understand it and I was like I got to do the course. But some of it, you know, it's hey, uh, hey that's why we made it so esoteric. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> it's really, it's really like simple concepts. Like it's nothing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are hopefully, um, yeah. Simple concepts of torque intention. Yeah. Like, so how did, um, enlightened or reach a new level, spiritual level? Yeah. Yeah. It's been really cool, man. I've been exploring a lot of different things in my training with it. Like every single thing I'm doing, even I'm squatting. I like, as I'm doing my warm up sets, I'm changing my intention on every rep. Like it's been really fun just to have that little mindset shift. Um, but like, how did that come together? Like you guys explained it a little bit in the course, but it's cool to hear 
some perspectives on like, you know, how that all came to be. Yeah. So yeah, it was really the, the language and intentions that we present in the Cheetor course mm-hmm. came from Chris and I trying to communicate to each other. <laughs> I had come from, I was like three years into just diving into the concept of the torque chains uh, that uh, kind of Julian Pinau uh, came up with, with, which is this map of two different torques you can create through your body, right? yeah. which correlate to muscles. So I was diving into that. And then Chris, my friend Chris comes over, um, who's the head trainer at the WAC lab, uh, David Weck, And he's trying to communicate this coiling concept with me. Mm-hmm. And at first we were kind of just mimicking each other's positions. And then when it got down to it, I'm like, okay, oh, it's, it's not necessarily the position. It's this tension that you are trying to create. And and they talk about a light, like you're tapping into the coil, deep into the coil. And I didn't understand it. But once I understood the tension and I felt the contraction and everything lined up through the chain, I'm like, oh, this is, we're just splitting the torque and it's creating a spiral. Right. And so when I would explain to him, he was like, oh yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're doing. And we're like, okay, so we have now a new dimension of torque, which creates spiraling. Let's just map out what these do when we apply it to different movement patterns. So we would take a squat, press, hinge, whatever exercise, put it through the filter of these different intentions, and it would kind of spit out a different uh, expression of the movement. And these are things that you will see in sports, you'll see in life. and it's just a, a cool constraint you could use to um, elicit a, a different movement, to gain new information, um, to do something with different tension. And uh, yeah, that was just the the language that I personally use for coaching now or for programming per se. Um, and yeah that's that's kind of what we what we wanted to put out and present yeah i really appreciate that it um it really isolates creating that tension and using your body like before you really get into i guess traditional um lifting and you know old faithful push-ups and sit-ups and stuff but it's like more like positioning and understanding these tensions and torques um i've gotten not as deep into the strong fit stuff as you have, but certainly have been more exposed to it through your work. And, and, and I often people will just message me every, when I post something, they're like, do you follow Julian? <laughs> just because <laughs> you know, any of the, that kind of tension talk kind of thing, it's like that comes up, but it was cool to see that how that's been like, you guys put it together with like your body and like the uh, chi ball movements. And it's almost like, like that should be the starting point for people to understand their bodies and understand like how to apply themselves to exercise or movement. Well, it used to be, I mean, if you look back at the old school strongman in the golden era, it was all muscle tensioning practices. Yeah. And, you know, Matic, Maxic is one, but they would add really light weight, but it would still be about the, uh, muscle tensioning you're creating through it um, yeah like isometrics and isotonics were big back then mm-hmm. so I mean the bodybuilding era came in you know weightlifting powerlifting and it kind of changed the culture but in a different universe parallel dimension that could be the foundation of training somewhere you know yeah uh, it used to be you know that was kind of the, the, the basis of physical culture in the west was a lot of these practices yeah yeah those old books it's just like tensing and isometric holds and and positions with your body i think they were trying to get a message to like an audience that didn't have access to a gym or or equipment too which is super smart like i mean that's the all the craze right now is uh workout from home or you know you know body weight workouts because of 
the situation we're in, but you, you could probably present a pretty badass strength program with some of those old concepts, like for yeah. all these people, instead of just push-ups and burpees and, and actually and interesting, some of the, when they were, these guys were creating equipment, you know, then you see those springs, chest expanders, the uh, yeah. uh, sticks and all that. So I think that's interesting that they're like, hmm, how can we make this better? Yeah. And the tools that came out of it before, you know, the barbell was even that popular. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I've, I got a, a stick from you, a torque stick. That's been a badass application for my training. I've, I've, been, I've been using it a lot in uh, flexibility, like with my splits um, and just very various like stretches or whatever, but it's, yeah that whole like a radiation concept that's like a radiation on steroids. When I put this stick down and I get in my splits, like my legs get like weightless. It just feels, it feels awesome. I've been playing around with that a lot. Um, yeah. And it definitely, you know, is reminiscent of like the old approach, like the old sticks I used to have. And, but even just the thinking again with the concepts of the, the chi torque stuff now and, and, you know, starting to apply movements with it, warming up with the, with the stick before getting into the barbell. Um, yeah, it's just almost when, when I get presented with these tools like this, I think about like the five warm up exercises I've been doing and I'm like, I could just do this. I'm just doing this now. It's just that one, that one movement that really preps everything for it. But yeah, that's a cool concept. Gravitated towards as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been, man, I'll just do a set of like 50, 100 hinges <laughs> and then go right into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, like, how, in, in terms of like your own training, um, are you applying like the fire and ice intention work every day? Is it like every single day that's like a part of your practice or? Yeah, de- depending. So I use it kind of um, movement pattern specific or, or to the exercise. So if I'm doing a squat or conventional deadlift, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to connect to the ice as I do that. Cool. And I'll, I'll modify the exercise so that my range is purely in that. And then if I'm doing a sumo, or you know uh clean pull or you know push press or something different then i'll kind of warm up and try to activate the fire to get into that so i I let it serve the exercises i have in my programming Mm -hmm. Uh, as far as my clients it really depends you know through assessment and through just watching a move a lot of them um are either limited mobility with ice internal torque or some exercises they they come out of it really quick and that's when you'll see like knees collapsing arching other you know all the expressions that happens when you're you know searching for tension in a movement which is fine but yeah i'll just modify it so that they can produce and connect to the tension we want for the movement and we just build it around them and eventually it they're able to increase it and do it through a further range. And then, Hey, you got your full standard exercise A to B in that, in that torque. What's it like introducing a new client to these concepts? Oh, I don't, I don't, oh, okay. I don't use, I don't say any of that. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's especially like if you go into strong failure or these are anything PRI, even FRC, I would never introduce people to geek on these concepts. It's simply, you know, some people might argue you should educate your client on this, but my thing is, Hey man, as long as you, you feel it, you do it, you feel good after that's it. Let me worry about all that in my head. Mm-hmm. Like I got, I got it running in my head. Yeah. But uh, I, I just pre- present it very easily. I'll use tactile feedback a lot mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, as little cues as possible. And really, I'm just modifying what I see, the exercise and having to do it. But yeah, they're not, 
I try to get them out of their head. So no, I'm not explaining. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. Um, I just did some teacher training stuff with uh, the flexibility work. And that was one of the things we got talking about at the end was um, the message you deliver to your audience. You know, it's like, are you going to talk about the intentions and torques and waves and coils and things like that? Or are you going to get them doing the movement and, and just giving them as minimal feedback as possible so that they can be in the moment and get through it. Um, that's such a, an important attribute of a coach. I think being able to guide someone through these things without making it complicated and having them, you know, have that experience that you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, any system or methodology, I mean, it should serve you as a coach. You should not be serving it or especially make your clients serve it. It's there to help make things easier, make things better. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you know, the poison in the medicine is a thin line. It's how you use it, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's cool. Um, On the other side of it, like you got, you got a few projects going on right now. Like I want to try to dive into all of them a little bit, but um, it's the emptiness project, right? You're doing with primal movers, right? Yeah. That's your other project. So that's almost like, is that like the other end of the spectrum where, you know, the chi torque work is like all tension based and stuff and emptiness is like, like, you know, more meditative uh, practices and. Hmm. The emptiness project. Yeah. That one, we don't really teach anything at all. (laughs) That's it's definitely fully experiential based. Um, I mean, our whole goal when we came up with that was we were burnt out on constantly searching and trying to find the new thing. You know, I I just need this new thing. Then I, then I'll know, or then I'll be a better trainer. I'll be worthy, you know, so the thing was, look, our goal here is if we could have people realize that they have, they have all the answers, um, you know, they're enough and that it's, you know, it's all within them. It's all around them. It's there kind of just to drop in. We wanted to set that up for, for people. So yeah, it's, that's not really a, a, we don't teach it. We're not like the instructors there. We're just setting up. Uh, like facilitate, facilitators. Space. Yeah. Facilitating oh, that's cool. Space. Yeah. And it's just a, yeah, an experiential based project. Oh, that's very cool, man. I feel very much the same half the time too. It's like, I'm always searching for the next thing to validate myself as a coach or you know, it's like, even or or to uh keep my own inspiration in my own training going too it's you get burnt out as a coach and working with people all the time it's like okay what's going to keep me going as well too like so i can keep training and feel like i'm working towards something and that's kind of a point you get to sometimes is where you need to empty completely just be in the moment be aware and um yeah understand that enough is enough kind of thing but I was saying that the other day too, where I was, I, I have had a moment recently in training where I've kind of been coasting because there's been a lot of things going on, but in those times too, it's almost like, I feel like a lot of times it becomes almost like my most creative times, like where I'm able to solve problems, figure things out and like come up with new ideas. I don't know if you've had a similar kind of feeling or. Yeah. I feel like that when I get away from, my normal environment yeah whenever i travel or i'm in a new place um or reading a new book that has nothing to do with training i'll just make different connections or have those up ideas i haven't looked at it that way i haven't had that perspective and yeah good things come from that almost stepping away from looking for it you'll (laughs) find something right yeah, for um, sure. Because the man, the fitness industry is so saturated with just holding knowledge and, and data. It's uh, it's 
almost like a big pyramid scheme, you know, it's turned into, yeah. media, you know, yeah. Yeah. like people are selling to, to trainers. It's like, Hey, we, we figured it out. This is the key to movement. This is the way you're supposed to walk, <laughs> move. Um, everyone's just trying to one up each other. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I enjoy learning it's just you know i'd rather i'd rather go to a certification than a concert because that's right. just my thing you know i have fun doing that yeah but there's a toxic side to that you know when you're yeah. when you either get caught up in the ideologies or you're just trying to gather as much as you can because you think you think you're not enough without it you know right so um, you got to be careful out there yeah for sure yeah a little bit of advice there <laughs> um yeah so emptiness project um is that something that you guys are like kind of facilitating as like uh you were go doing like uh retreats or something like that before covid weren't you like that was kind of the focus of it yeah we were doing it were live events uh retreats and we had a community closed community where we were doing some experimentation with things um yeah hopefully this year october we'll be able to start back up and have our joshua tree event oh that's cool we shall see so you haven't been doing anything online for it since the um just just our um kind of community private community we okay. still have that going but yeah no live events the events were kind of the uh the main thing for that right yeah cool i'll have to keep an eye on that for sure definitely uh looking into that um one thing uh you got into in the, over the last year that I, I messed around with a little bit too based off of your research and stuff was uh using some natural medicines in training and experimenting a little bit with that um it would be cool to talk a little bit about those experiences and um like what you took from those learnings and like maybe where you're at with that thought process is I don't think it's something you're still practicing on. Like you were like, it was more of a research back then is what it seemed like you were doing. And I, I was experimenting a little bit with it too, based off what you were doing. But um, yeah, it'd be cool to talk a little bit about that. Like um, yeah, if you don't mind, like where that was. By, by now, you mean the drugs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it was more. A lot better. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been um, still, yeah, still using it. Um, I'll go through cycles of like microdosing. I'll have quarterly, maybe uh, macro dosing. And I mean, I use that mainly for, <laughs> it's a lot more than training. I think mm. it's just life, um, self-development. But of course, I'm in the training realm, so I, I like. I'm really interested in how it affects that uh, in my training practice. But yeah, it's very, very interesting um, how it connects to the body, to the movement, to emotions. Um, so yeah, we. I wrote a blog on it. So we had a group of like 20, 25 people who were in a group doing the same protocol tracking we were writing statistics um metrics down and we realized it was really good for um mobility work mm. would bypass the stretch reflex and get you know 15 20 degrees more actively that you could train during a session yeah and i think that's just you know i'm thinking it's, it's got to be neurological, right? These in ranges are some of the most, uh, your body perceives it as very dangerous, mm. which is why it restricts it there. It's a vulnerable place for joints to be. Yeah. So I think it just bypasses that like amygdala fear response in the brain and yeah. allows you to access it. Same with movement. Um, there's like a, a level of plasticity when you're, on psilocybin and moving that allows you to to approach a movement pattern or exercise 
differently. So instead of this ingrained way you would usually do it, which has got to be influenced by your past injuries, history, the mm -hmm. concept of the movement, you might be doing it, you know, unconsciously protecting yourself in a certain way. It kind of takes the break off that and allows you to explore approaching a movement differently. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of benefits of using it uh, in training that I think are there that we could apply. Yeah. Yeah. That mental side of it too, for sure. Um, and that's such a big barrier for people. And even yesterday I was working with uh, a guy who we were doing some Jefferson curls and you can tell that it's not even his, his range is what's limited. It's his, it's the mental uh, block he has was like actually letting go of that and like letting his back flex and, and starting to actually reach down in that range. Um, I had experimented a little bit with it. I don't know if you remember me messaging you. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It definitely was um, a, like a letting go kind of feeling like you're in the moment you're, you're very aware. It's like, almost like I have like any, anytime I create that tension, it's almost like I have that torque stick on, I can just feel everything. Um, so yeah, it, it was a good experience for me. It was cool to see how you guys shared your results too. Cause it was pretty much like you guys all had the same, um, results down the, down the board. Like everyone had very, very similar, uh, experience. Yeah. I mean, interesting thing is everyone stopped around the same time intuitively that was, <laughs> that was the most fascinating for me yeah. um that people just naturally six weeks around then seven weeks like uh you know i just stopped yeah <laughs> <laughs> i didn't need it i'm still getting benefits that's that's what's interesting about that um compound is a lot of the benefits are like the day after like mm -hmm. if you do one day on uh two days off one day on you know, the next day you're still have increased awareness. You're still exploring things. Um, so yeah, I guess that's what differentiates it from other, other chemicals and substances. But uh, that, and of course, a lot of people, we were had like a video diaries on our, on our private group group when people were experimenting. And we're just asking about mainly physical metrics, but everyone was talking about, you know, emotional breakthroughs are having things in their relationship things in their career family that were getting better and we're like okay we're gonna kind of not include this in the uh <laughs> talk about how it affects movement but that's kind of i think what people felt was even more important to them were these yeah. other changes. but like we already know about that people already talk about that side of it yeah and it's kind of why we escape into our training sometimes too right not being able to figure that stuff out so we try to figure it out in our training oh, definitely yeah that's cool um and i know yeah a lot of people are using psilocybin for de kind of antidepressive kind of purposes more so i think too right like that's kind of becoming you know probably foresee it being some like natural medicine that's legal like really soon uh for those purposes but yeah yeah, that's yeah, very, more very times cool. more effective than traditional antidepressants. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's insane. They need to fast track that. And, yeah. And they let need, people have it. Yeah. Need to figure out how to make a lot of money off of it first, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're already making synthetic. I think it was it out of like corn or wheat or something. Um, yeah. Someone's gonna make a lot of money off of it, but it's hard because those things are so easy to grow and they grow everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah have you experimented with anything else like i know you did some you did marijuana like that was not really as effective you were experimenting with that for a little bit well i messed up on that because i got really high <laughs> <laughs> it might have been because i remember when i was younger and i would i would smoke and go to the gym it was great like pump sessions mm. like great connection um, mind muscle connection, but yeah, now I'm, I'm, I'm a baby now. I'm not, I'm like low tolerance. So I think I just did too much. So the dosage might've been the thing with that. I'll call the same thing. 
I might have went over when I experimented with the alcohol and training. Even mm. though I had one, uh, I think it was a explosive movement, sandbag toss, actually increased with the alcohol. <laughs> shit. Um, caffeine was surprisingly a beneficial one for um, uh, one of the tests on there I have is the breath hold. And that helped a lot, just respiratory-wise, uh, the caffeine helped. And that was, I took, so before I did these string of experiments, I took a year and a half off of everything, like marijuana, caffeine. Um, I was like, I'm going to set a super, super legit baseline to test all these things off of. You're sleeping on the floor too, aren't you? Sleeping, sleeping on the floor. Still sleeping on the floor. <laughs> what else? Did I do anything else? I think one I filmed, oh, I, didn't, I don't think I posted the alcohol one, honestly, because that was a shit show. <laughs> Modafinil, that's another one. Um, but we'll see. The drugs are probably going to get harder <laughs> if I release them. Uh, for like but, the, the close community. Yeah, I mean, it's just, for me, it's just interesting to see how the physical it affects the physical practice and um you know all these all these systems yeah man yeah i appreciate i appreciate the stuff that you share when you do that because it is interesting to see how yeah you gain even just from that research it's not even saying you have to try doing it yourself it's like well yeah there's a mental barrier there that can be broken and when you hear that and you can see that it's shared across a group of people it's like yeah that's something to, to consider and actually take serious um yeah that's cool man um so movement quest movement, so quest. movement quest that's the big one eh? that's like the, the full-time one <laughs> yeah it's a new project um i'm launching with uh john yoon and majestic mirth so yeah it's going to be kind of a, a community for, for X movement culture people and, uh, you know, just other people in fitness who, who want a community, who want a place. You know, our issue is we're, we're trying to take the piss out of these fitness systems and methodologies. It's very polarizing. You know, it's becoming like nutrition or politics almost. Um, people get very set. It's very black and white. It's very yeah. tribal. And, you know, people like me, other people we know, we we take things from everywhere and we, we mix them and we, we just like learning. Mm-hmm. But there's this like weird, like obligation where you have to be loyal and adherent to the system's uh, philosophy or their their kind of uh, view on what's right and wrong. Yeah. And we just want to bring people together so we can learn more, so we can share more. It, it's a safe place where we're not going to have that um, tribal mindset and bickering. It, it's just a place for growth. And, uh, yeah, I feel like social media, you don't really have that. You know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of ideologies people are bickering about on mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So we, we just want to create a safe space for learning and growth together. Oh, that's cool. So is that like you were doing OMU? Is that the new OMU or is that still like, or is it, has it changed? It's still the same? Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a different model, but it's going to be the same kind of mission as OMU. Oh, we're going to, cool expose people to many different range of practices. We're going to have the teachers in the community. It's going to be uh, lower entry, uh, a lot easier to more get. Accessible it. kind of thing, yeah. A lot more accessible. Yeah, that was another thing we wanted to change. Um, but yeah, we're going to take all the all the teachers and content from OMU and, and put it out there and share it. No, that's very cool. Yeah, I appreciate that message for sure. Like, yeah, my practice has you know, always been evolving from going and learning from another way of thinking or discipline. 
like that whole gymnastics journey is like, you know, a big part of the range of strength message now, along with the powerlifting and the flexibility and everything, right? Like, and it's always now getting into your stuff, like more than I have in the past. Like I've always been very actively engaged in what you're doing and, but, you know, getting into the, the G tour course and the intention work and, you know, it's, yeah, it's all learning. Like that's don't stop learning. Don't feel like, you know, certification runs your life or whatever, but I actually had a call with a client yesterday, um, online coaching client, and he's getting into trying to set up his um, training business. And he's like, Hey, you know, I really like the stuff we do. um, Like the in range stuff we do in the programming. He's like, do I need a certification in order to teach this or use it? And I was like, dude, fuck that. Like, if someone tells you that, let me know because you're paying me anything you learn and you paid for, use it. It's yours now. You know, it's always good to know the principles behind it so that you can, you know, really make it your own and use it however you want. But you know, you don't need to, you don't need licensing for the movement. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that really like triggered me for some reason. Cause there's people who will be like that. They'll be like, yeah, oh, I invented that. Or that you do something and they automatically label it. That's this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they do that. Or, you know, people in gymnastics also do that. Or, you know, yeah. it's been used for a long time. You know, yeah. No one invented uh, a squat. Uh, it's yeah i don't i just don't like that ownership it's it's use it mimic it do it from a distance learn more about it inform yourself but hey no one owns movement yeah yeah i like that for sure i think when you're coaching with anyone yeah it's like a mentorship in itself like a good coach shouldn't hide the lessons you're teaching them, it should be more like by the end of this, you should have a better understanding how to do this or else I'm not doing a good job for sure. That's a good message. Yeah, man. Um, do you have any other new things in the works? We have, well, it seems like you have something up your sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> a few things I'm working on. Yeah. So the putting out a, a torque stick course for just how I, implement it in my training and with clients. Uh, so that should be dropping soon. Um, also working on some things as far as um, books. Like <laughs> I want to, I want to create this, you know, like cliff notes or these things that just summarize um, books. I want to yeah. do that with, what I'm reading with lectures, with courses, with programs, I just want to create a easy note system um, and kind of summary mm-hmm. for, for people to access. So I don't know. I, I'm thinking about calling it strong notes. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so a good that, idea. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a slow, I'm a slow learner. So my, my like reading comprehension isn't that good. Hmm. what i do is i have to read something i have to highlight notes from it and then i have to go through again and write down all the notes and then i have to highlight and distill those one more time and i'm dude i'm this is like a full-time job for me (laughs) i might as well i might as well offer this to people to to save time yeah so see and I'm, I'm thinking about doing that with research and studies as well inside of that. Um, one of my friends, uh, Dr. Lazarus, uh, he's a researcher and, you know, we'll go, he'll go through studies with me and like from his mindset, he'll be like, you know, these numbers are this low confidence or, you know, this is a problem with this study and this is a major implication. So hopefully we can go through research and do that as well. Cool have like cliff notes for some of the research that relates to all the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. Or, or weird stuff, you know, <laughs> I, mean, a lot of stuff I, I like to look at is psychology or uh, yeah. I'm reading about a uh, UFOs right now. So, <laughs> well, 
it won't be movement specific, but once again, like I was talking about, most of what has influenced my philosophy of training, how I approach training, my, you know, conceptually, isn't what I learned about training specifically. It'll be like Nassim Talib, anti-fragile. I'll read that and I'm like, oh, I see training or how I'm approaching training totally different now. Mm. So it's cool uh, to get outside of the, the area or, or silo of fitness and be able to integrate lessons and concepts from other fields. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that. I think yeah, some of us probably do that without knowing it too, right? Like they're really thinking about it. It's like you come back in from that escape or whatever, and you're thinking about training a little bit differently without really even knowing it. You know, that's uh, something to probably be more in tune with for sure. I mean, I don't use anything from my uh, NASM or ISSA <laughs> certificates. I, know. I had to do that to get a job when I started. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure, man. Um, oh, that's cool. I think that kind of summarizes a lot of good stuff. Uh, it'd be cool to, you know, get down and do this again at some stage once you've done some cool shit again. <laughs> no, it's great, man. I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to sit down with me and, uh, yeah, I hope to keep connecting with you and on a different level. And, uh, I know a lot of people appreciate this episode. Yeah, definitely, Lucas. It was good to finally chat. Man. Yeah, it was great, dude. Thanks a lot. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.